I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. This is the official GunnaGeek.com show. Each week, we run down the latest news and happenings in the world of geek. These are your hosts for the show, Steven, Chris, and SP. Welcome to an all-new episode of the OfficialGunnaGeek.com show. I am Steven John Drew, and with me, of course, is Chris Farrell. I'm here. Also, Pioneer, comma, Stargate. I'm over there, and I'm mere days away from getting my brand new iPhone 2020 large. You know what? I am so excited for you to get a new phone. I know you've been wanting it for a while, and um, whilst I am not traditionally an Apple guy, I do know you have been waiting for a while for, for a phone upgrade, and I'm excited that that day is finally here for you, especially because I know you are such a profic- professional filmmaker. And that's what you're going to use it for because that's what they're marketing it for. Well, you know, I'm going to make into YouTube videos, hopefully, but I, I don't know if you could ever consider one of my videos professional. Um, but you can head over to OnlyFans.com slash Stargate Pioneer for more of his videos. Oh, man, now I got to get that URL. <laughs> A while ago, Chris did a, uh, he filled in for SP over on Better Podcasting live chat. He made a similar joke. I had to remove it, Chris, because I thought that someone might actually do it, but I'm going to leave it in here. <laughs> I did? Yeah. I don't even remember. That's o- fantastic. slash Stargate Pioneer. Yeah. Yeah. I love stuff like that. If you didn't know this, we usually talk geeky news and things like that. We'll get there in a minute. But before we get there, uh, I did want to acknowledge a loss that came this past week. And I think it's somebody that most people are familiar with. And it is Alex Trebek. Yes. Unfortunately, after a fight with cancer, uh, it did come out that Alex Trebek, the host of Jeopardy, did pass away. Now, I remember as a kid when I was learning about all the different famous Canadians, Alex Trebek was one of the first ones. I was like, really? Oh, the guy with the mustache? And so, you know, it was pretty interesting to me. And I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of a lot of people who who knew of Alex Trebek just because such a staple in television for so many years. And so I thought this week we should we should honor him. And what we've done is for the audio listener, we have a screen where it shows the three of us together with the names below it. And this week we have gone and who and we have done the Jeopardy name right in. So we've we've given our hand right in as a little tribute to Alex Trebek, but that might not be the only one uh, that we have in this show, and you'll have to wait for later to find out about that. However, uh, I did want to acknowledge that right now. Alex Trebek, quite the, the legend. All right, let's kick it all off here with Chris Farrell talking about his favorite console series ever, 
the PlayStation. This is the one that Chris Farrell, when no, someone's that's, looking... That's the Super Nintendo's my favorite. Get it right. Okay. That's the best console ever. Sorry, this, his second favorite console. In fact, mm. I believe he's on record as saying everyone should own a PlayStation and the PlayStation controller is awesome compared to the crap that is the Xbox controller. I well, think he's on, right there. he's on record saying that. Go ahead, Chris Farrell. Do you know how much hell I caught for saying I prefer an Xbox controller to a PlayStation controller? From my own co-hosts on a show. It would not die for 20 minutes. Yes, I, I, I entirely know how much, uh, I was going to say the bad word, guff you caught on on that, and that's why I mentioned you could it say today. You could say dookie or crap. Those are acceptable. Poop <laughs> emoji. Mm. Go ahead, Chris. Chocolate ice cream. No, but I, I have been accused of being an Xbox fanboy, and at times, I guess, maybe that's slightly accurate. I do prefer the Xbox as my go-to main console. But ironically enough, no, no, no. I don't bring you the Microsoft Xbox news, despite us recording this a day before the new console launches. I've got Sony news because this is pretty cool. And I think Sony should get credit for something cool they're doing. So everyone can stop saying I'm a PlayStation hater. (laughs) My news is slightly self-serving. You know, that would be like doing 353 episodes dogging on Apple and then being like, hey, I like Apple. I don't (laughs) like console war mentality. I fully admit that. And I have, I fully admit I was part of the console wars early on because I thought console wars and controversy like that got clicks. And then I realized it was just exhausting and decided it's a waste of time to do console warring. Just enjoy what you want and let others enjoy what they like. So I try to think that gives me the mentality of I'll call the BS card on anyone and I'll like anything that comes from anyone potentially. And I really like this move coming from Sony. They did confirm today that anyone that has an existing PS4 that decides to upgrade and get a PS5, you will now have a remote play app that you can run on your PS4, allowing you to play your PS5. So now in addition to being able to access your PS, excuse me, PS4 from a PC or a mobile device, you can use other consoles such as the PS5 now to be able to play things. What's the importance here? Well, this means if you put your PS5 in the living room, and your family wants to watch something you're like, oh man, I really want to play Miles Morales Spider-Man. You can go into your, your den or your hobby room where you might have moved your old PS4 to, fire up the remote play app and start playing across the network your game of Miles Morales Spider-Man on the PS5. Now, I doubt you're going to get that full 4K, 120 frames per second fe- uh, capability because PlayStation 4 can't give you that, but you'll still be able to play. Supposedly, it is only going to be a 1080p stream So obviously no 4K, anything like that. You don't need a PS4 to stream a PS5 to another room in your house. The PS Remote Play app is getting updated on other platforms. The Windows version not only added PS5 support at 1080p, but it also added HDR capability today. They've also done updates to the iOS and Android apps, probably because the console comes out this Thursday. So if you want to play on iOS or Android, it's going to be the same kind of thing we talked about with Microsoft's game streaming and things like that. Get one of those controller clips to make your life easier. Bluetooth pair, your controller to your device, and you can play away. Now, there will be some latency because you're pretty much uploading a video signal from your PS5 to your uh, device that you're playing on, PS4, PC, any of those things, but it will be pretty cool. What gets really interesting here, and we talked about it, I think, a little bit when we talked PS5 when it was first announced, they did say you would not be able to use PS4 DualShock controllers to play PS5 games or backwards compatible PS4 games. Where things get interesting now is when you're playing a PS, when you're remote playing your PS5 on your PS4, 
Yes, it makes my brain hurt a little bit too as I work it out. You'll be using a DualShock 4 controller, which you can't use on your PS5 to play PS5 games, which makes me go, well, if it'll work via remote play, why don't you just update the PS5 so that if someone really likes their DualShock 4, especially for older games, they can just use that controller. This is, and I'm not, I'm not fanboy fanboying out or console warring. This is something where I thought Microsoft was smart, saying that any of your Xbox One accessories will work going forward, aside from the Kinect on the Xbox. And I really hope that Sony pivots and decides to be like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to block out at least the DualShock 4 for backwards compatibility. I 100% agree. It's That's really weird to me that you're able to use a different controller um, via this workaround. Like, it's so odd. It's bizarre. And considering that controllers are now, like, they're essentially a a standard protocol type thing. And I know it's not entirely true, but that's the, the idea. It's not like the old days where you would have a very unique connection for that specific console. It's just not the case. They're like Bluetooth or they're uh, wireless technology or they're even hardwired. It's insane to me. And, and that makes no sense. I think what they're probably trying to do is limit themselves to possible problems and be like, well, that's not really the proper way you're supposed to do it if you're if all of a sudden issues crop up by using that controller through the PS4. But I agree, it's 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 horse poo-poo. Well, so full disclosure, part of the reason they might be doing that, and here's where we'll compare Microsoft's plan to Sony's plan, is the new Xbox controller. Not much is different about it besides the fact they added a share button to the center of it and they re-sculpted the triggers a little bit. Sony redid the controller for the PS5 and the layout and stuff, that's fine. But what really changed and is important for PS5 games is they updated the triggers so that the developers can uh, change the force feedback, for lack of a better term, on those triggers. So say you're playing in a first-person shooter game, they could make it so that a half pull of the trigger is really easy. Then when it comes to that final pull, like you were going to fire a weapon, there's a lot more resistance. So the triggers are configurable like that. So that's probably in part why they don't want you using a PS4 controller, at least to play PS5 games. But when you put this remote play feature in, that kind of goes out the window. And I'm sure they've disabled that if you're playing a PS5 game that would use that. Well, I'm glad you bring up the trigger thing. And I'd like to know what people's experience is once they've tried the new controller and things like that. But you should tweet Chris Farrell. It's at the Chris Farrell. Once mm -hmm. you've used it only, though, and we'll talk past tense instead of trigger, make sure you add hashtag triggered on there. Oh God. oh, God. What have I done? So, Chris, when, when did they announce that you can play your PlayStation 5 through your Xbox One? They have never announced that. Uh, when are they going to? Probably never. That's disappointing. Well, I mean, yes, it is to an extent. It'd be cool from a technology standpoint, but it's not super surprising. And what's the win for Sony? to enable remote play for their products on an Xbox product. You bring up a, actually, I know you're making a joke, SP, but you bring up mm. a really good point about that because these apps are not, are existing on things like phones and like Windows, like for the, the Microsoft, the Xbox side of things. Like uh, how long till so, someone does come up even, you know, with, with something that's not uh, properly supported, but is like <laughs> a workaround because it, don't tell me, that the capability isn't easily implemented to put it onto one of these consoles when like oh. when Microsoft's shown that you can put it on a bloody phone. 
that that's not the hard part is getting it running on these other things. You could use you could probably install some variant of the Windows 10 app on the Xbox the way they're all architected. The only reason we don't have Game Pass on PlayStation and Sony's remote play on Xbox is because they're not going to make those deals. Well, Microsoft might be considering it at some point in time just because of how they're pivoting more towards that subscription model. But Sony is pretty much dead set in the current thought, which is console sales is king. We sell them the console, then we sell them the exclusive games to keep them locked into the ecosystem. Whereas I think we talked about on this show, it seems like Microsoft is pivoting more towards we don't care what hardware you play our stuff on. We just want you to play it. And their thought is we're going to sell you the subscription service and games on top of that. Wait, Sony doesn't want to play with others? I'm shocked. Shocked. Well, let's look at it from their perspective. Why would you? You're the number one in console sales right I now. Know. What's what's the motivating factor to play nice? We've seen them continuing this kind of behavior because we talked about locking Spider-Man DLC for the Avengers game only to PS4 and I guess PS5, but jokes on them because that game is terrible and lost Square Enix <laughs> $65 million or some nonsense like that. That's an exaggeration, but they lost money on it so far. And then I guess they did something with uh, the new Call of Duty. I only saw it in passing and I laughed and said, I don't care, it's Call of Duty. But they locked like the prestige experience level and some other nonsense as exclusive to Sony. So all these folks that play Call of Duty each year when it comes out are like, oh, this is BS. I wanted to be able to do such and such and I can only do it on Sony devices. It, it's, it's the way we are now as we have these exclusivities to try and draw people in. So when you have that mindset, Where's Sony's motivation to be like, yes, we want to put our app on the Switch or on the Xbox. PC, I was shocked enough to see happen, maybe because they don't really consider a PC a direct competitor because it's not a console. Right. Well, it's interesting. I just think that one day, one day they will be forced to. You could put the Sony remote play app on a refrigerator just like you did the Game Pass one. The Android app would sideload on there just fine. Wait a minute. So PlayStation 5 will have the movie pass on it huh you just said the movie pass will allow you to watch playstation on the refrigerator <sighs> no, no i didn't my head hurts he's <laughs> all right well let's go on to the next news point we well, you're not gonna <laughs> dig in on movie pass too you're just gonna let that one slip all right uh, okay. i know how i was supposed going. to let dead things lie i mean do you want a movie pass rant i, I can probably dig one out wouldn't you like to watch as many movies as you could on your refrigerator. Yeah, just put through the Netflix your app on there. Through your PlayStation. <laughs> well, the remote play doesn't work that way, though. It's only for doing gameplay. It's, well, it's useless then. Can you imagine well, I mean, the, the frame rate on those tablets that are built into the fridges? Like, it's got to be terrible. <laughs> could you imagine trying to play one of those uh, quick twitch FPS games on your refrigerator? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, moving on to the next news point here. Let's continue the console talk. It's a theme tonight, and again, you might get there later. Uh, Amazon is now warning customers that their Xbox Series X pre-orders may not arrive Tomorrow, as Chris mentioned, we're recording this today on Monday, the 9th of November, and tomorrow is when the pre-orders are supposed to be out and uh, you're supposed to be available and all that other stuff there. Anyways, yes, they have sent an email to some customers and Amazon is saying that they expect to ship some consoles, quote, in the coming weeks as we receive more inventory in November and December, end quote. Amazon estimates that the affected pre-orders will receive the Xbox Series X units by 
December 31st. That's the date that they're committing to is December 31st. So if you had your pre-order in, just know you will get it sometime between tomorrow and December 31st. Well, it's not like anybody's going to go out on New Year's Eve this year. I mean, you're probably going to be home waiting for this thing. You know, there's obviously something that went horribly wrong here, and they must have anticipated they were going to get so much inventory. And and maybe it was like an unfair assumption. Like, it very well could have been like, we're Amazon. We know we'll get it. And just somebody's ego at large here. But this has got to be so disappointing for so many people who have had their pre-orders in and we're looking forward to getting it tomorrow. Like, especially if you're banking on it for the holiday season, now you're sitting there and you're basically backed with the rest of the masses trying to get one if you were planning on giving it for a gift or something like that. Because obviously, you with Amazon, you can cancel before it ships. But I, like, if I was planning on giving it as a gift, I would most definitely be trying to track one down through alternative methods in the meantime. Good luck. It's in very short supply right now. There's going to be limited ones available online, like on Black Friday. Walmart's posted, like Walmart did a date and time and said, here's the date online and the time when these will be available again. Then they did three windows for the PS5. It's tough right now because I don't think either PS5 or Xbox series line the production was quite where they wanted it to be because pandemic and shipping yeah. situations and things like that. So it's tough right now. And if you go over to r slash Xbox Series X, you can see a lot of people that are really mad and perhaps mistakenly taking it out on Microsoft. Like, you screwed this up when I think it's more of Amazon took in way more pre-orders than they should have. I 100% agree. Um, now, uh, with a caveat, if if they were told by Microsoft, we will we have this many allocated for you and then Microsoft backed out, then yes, then it does fall on Microsoft so, again. So here's why I think it's an Amazon issue, because if you go and look at like the pre-order thread on there, you're not hearing things from Best Buy pre-orders or Target pre-orders or Walmart ones that says Walmart says I'm not getting mine until next month because they don't have enough. Now, there's separate issues where people didn't pay for day one shipping, so they're not getting it like Thursday or Friday this week. But we haven't heard near as many of the problems as we've heard on Amazon of, I pre-ordered this and now I'm not getting it until December. What the hell? Did you ever get your pre-order in, Chris? I have my pre-order in and it arrives tomorrow by 8 p.m. Awesome. I I meant to ask you about that. From Uh, Microsoft directly. I'm looking forward to finding out your opinion on that. I'm not in the camp of looking for it anywhere close. And, you know, the kids are happy enough with the other ones, so I'm not going to. You know, like I got other things to spend my money on, but uh, that's fair. I I'm also because I have kids that use consoles. This is way more on my on my radar now than it was than consoles were just a few years ago, mm-hmm. just a few months ago. So I, not to be a Debbie Downer here, but I've been paying attention to the the console rollouts since the Xbox 360 and PlayStation Three days. I mean call me an old fuddy-duddy that likes Atari and was transported into the modern age of gaming, I guess. I will definitely call you a fuddy-duddy. Wasn't that one of your quotes in the opening for a long time? I'm the fuddy-duddy that likes episode one. Isn't that what you said? Something like that. I can't remember. I don't think it was fuddy-duddy, but I do do still, to this day, like Star Wars (laughs) episode one. Anyway, my point is, what I've learned out of these consoles is that unless... You ha- just have to be on the razor edge and get the newest thing right when it comes out. The 
better value is just to wait a little bit and get like the next generation where you'll have a slight improvement or lower cost or something like that. So I have so much, so many games that I haven't played that I'm okay to wait for. I don't know that the second, re- what do you call it when you, when a console gets re- refreshed? What do you call that, Chris? I call it like the half iteration or something like that. This is always what I've referred to it as. I mean, we had the Xbox One, right? We had the Xbox uh, One S, the yeah. Xbox One X, right? Is that the Xbox One? I mean, there was three of them, right? There was the Xbox One, the One S, and then the One X. And if you want to get real crazy, there was the One S Digital where they removed right. the... Uh, right. And then PlayStation the 4, there was a 4K version that came the, out. The 4 Pro. Yeah. But there was also so, the PlayStation 4 that was refreshed that was... The same idea as the one S, right? Where it was like a, I don't remember. I don't know. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, though. SP and I think if I remember correctly, because I think we've been doing this show for about 35 years now. Um, the, during the Xbox One, you had no real intention of getting it, but then there was a scenario that came up where it was. It was a, I don't know, you needed the media player or something like that, and then you jumped on it then, right? Oh, for me? Yeah, for you. Wasn't that the It case? was the Halo Special Edition. That's what it was, right? And I think that yeah. that's an okay way to go as well. And like, I think that, you know, I, I, I'm never going to judge anybody's order, you know, whether you're someone like Chris pre-ordering it because you want it, or opportunity, yeah. or mm-hmm. you're somebody who's waiting in line, or you're someone who's like, oh, I'll get it in a few months, or someone that's waiting half season series. I, I'll never judge. And I think they're all very valid things. And ultimately, I think you should do what what you feel is best for your situation at the time. And sometimes it's like that, where it's like, oh, there's something that came out that interests me. So it's it's cool. And one thing to keep in mind with this generation of consoles, it's more so on the Xbox than on the PS5, there's not like this compelling launch game that you have to have. And the only way you can play it is on this system. Like, a lot of people are saying, oh, Halo Infinite was that. Well, no, it's not, because Microsoft committed that all of their first-party games, I think they said for the next two years, will be playable on the Xbox Series and the Xbox One lines. So if you are an Xbox One first-party gamer and you're not necessarily worried as much about the third-party games, you're fine with your standard Xbox One for now. And the Sony side of the house, yes, they have a couple exclusives, but one of which is the Miles Morales Spider-Man which, spoiler alert, they're putting out a PS4 version of it too. So if you don't upgrade to PS5, okay. And there's a forward uh, upgrade path. And a couple other games that I don't think are going to be things that people are really clamoring for on day one. So I don't think either console has that must-have, oh my god, I have to play this game because it's the greatest thing ever. This is why I'm going to spend $500 on a console. You know what game that I've been clamoring to play this past week? Clamor? Star Wars Squadrons? It's not really a... (laughs) Clamor is not a game. Uh, Squadrons, yeah, okay, yeah, but no, th- in the past, a, a past game that came out. Um, Gears Mi- of War? Minecraft. I have Gears of War that I have not played with ever, and the Minecraft is fun. I've never played with. I do have a Minecraft uh, console. Mm. It's at the lake. It's for my nephew. I've never played it. No. Minesweeper? Uh, there was this program on Mac called Gator that I love to play. It was a World War II submarine. Just love to play. No, uh, what I'm talking about is Portal. Portal and Portal uh, 2. Yeah. I yeah. just, I, I want to get in there with the companion cubes and, and spar around with Gladys and yeah, and just still alive. Uh, I've never actually 
had any exposure to Portal. I'll, I'll admit it right now. I, Dude, have, I have no idea even what Portal it is. Fun. I've heard of it. No idea what it is. You, you have need Steam. To you can it. get it for cheap. Yeah. You know what? You can get it for two bucks. I'm pretty sure, actually, now that I say that, I'm pretty sure Chris once talked about it on this show. <laughs> Probably, Probably not I'm, me. I'm not a huge <gasps> Portal guy. I, I know I your brother's played it. it but maybe it's it was, your brother. Maybe yeah. JS talked about it. Oh, it's certainly oh. JS. That would be in JS's wheelhouse. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a callback for you. If you remember who JS is, send your hate mail to JS at GunnaGeek.com. The French-Canadian sensation. Oh, and one last thing before we hop off of that. You said Microsoft is waiting or is guaranteeing how long backwards compatibility? It was either one or two years they were saying that all of their first-party games would be playable on both Xbox One and Xbox Series devices. Okay, so right I in I can't li- remember, though. Pretty much then right in line with when Amazon pre-orders will be shipped. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a glad mine's from Microsoft. <laughs> all right, well, let's go on to the next thing here. And you heard it here first. SP is about to tell you how Saturn and Jupiter are merging. Oh, my. Well, they do this every about 20 years or so, but every so often they get so close. It's called the Great Conjunction, and that's happening in December of 2020. So I got this from a Space.com article by Joe Rao. But also, if you happen to be on the Gunna Geek Discord server, which you can find at guinnageek.com slash Discord, you'll see several snapshots that I took with my camera of Saturn and Jupiter, also Mars, as well as the GoSky app that I was using to track everything. So I knew about this before anyone really started hyping it up in the news. You know, if you're astronomy based, you've heard about this for a while. But here's the article from Space.com summarized, and it was written by Joe Rao. In their closest encounter since 1623, Jupiter and Saturn will appear as a signal star in the evening sky next month with their closest point in the sky occurring on winter solstice, December 21st, 2020. So they will appear as a single star. About every 20 years, Jupiter and Saturn have this rendezvous, which is called the Great Conjunction. Most of the time when Saturn, when Jupiter overtakes Saturn, they usually are separated by more than a degree. But come December 21st, they will be separated by just about one-tenth of a degree or 6.2 arc minutes. The last time these two planets appeared so close was on July 16th, 1623, when they were only five arc minutes apart. We will get another six arc minute separation on March 15th, 2080. Now, since it's highly unlikely that I will live to see that great conjunction in 2080, I've been taking the chance every night that it's clear out. I go out to the backyard and go to watch these two. And by the way, Pluto is right behind me. You can't see it, of course, with the naked eye because Pluto is so dim in comparison to the two. But Saturn, Jupiter and Pluto are all right there in the southern sky right now. Now, if you like to start stargazing, but don't know where to start, you can easily do so the same way that I do it now with a sky tracking app on your smartphone. Now, I use iOS, so the ones that I use are Go Sky Watch, and I get stars and planets from that. I use Go ISS Watch for the International Space Station, and then there's a third app, Go Sat Watch, for most other visible satellites in the sky. So lots of great stuff going on. And this is once in a lifetime for me 
to see this great conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn. It has been spectacular. They're so bright in the sky. That's cool. So, Stephen, do you have astronomy mode on the Pixel 4a? I've not looked into it if if it does have so- it. It was one of the things they added to the, starting with the Pixel 3, and I know we're getting into a side jack on phones here, but it's really cool because you can pretty much just set your phone out in like a tripod for 30 minutes in astronomy mode, and it'll capture these awesome uh, star shots and things like that. And this could be something really cool to play with if you do have astronomy mode on yours, Steven. It's actually not the astronomy mode, but the light or dark mode camera or the, mm-hmm. the low light camera mode on the iPhone 2020 large, also known for most other people as the iPhone uh, 12 Pro Max. I can't wait to use that on some of these sky shots because the pictures that I posted on the Discord server, you can see what I'm looking at, but it's not very well defined. It's because of the low light and the and the light uh, uh, pollution around it and stuff like that. But I'm looking forward to get some better shots as well. I don't know if the iPhone has the same sort of tracking that the Android does, but that would be amazing. And I know this is an even further aside, but I've been thinking about eventually picking up a Pixel 5 here sometime in the next year mm-hmm. or so and, and and do a comparison and contrast that'd between be fun. the two. What's so, that? It, I said that'd be fun. Yeah. I think the cameras would be fun. So, Steven, I just looked real quick. It does say Pixel 4a supports astrophotography, first introduced in the 4 and 4XL. Longer term night sight that activates when the phone detects it's perfectly stable, such as leaning on something or mounted on a tripod, and then takes one to three minutes to capture photography of the stars. And it looks pretty cool. They do recommend doing it on less cloudy nights so that the clouds don't move and obscure your picture some, but it'd be something really cool to play with, I think. Well, it gets streaks across the sky like satellites or comets or meteors? I don't know. Okay. So I... First off, I doubt I'll be able to because it's supposed to be super cloudy here. So that's a shame. Well, I, wasn't, I wasn't saying do it like right meow. Um, how, how? Right meow? Right meow. I was going to let it go. Meow see uh, here. <laughs> however, I have concerns about this, though, Stargate Pioneer. Um, they're getting Uh-oh. you always have concerns, especially the, when it comes to space stuff that might fall in your house. Well, the problem is they're getting close together and you're supposed to be social distancing right now. I'm, I'm concerned about this. They're still think... apart by 6.1 arc minutes, and that is CDC compatible. OK, perfect, because that seems like relatively really close. So um, it is really close. I'm a little afraid it's is far as planetary bodies go, it is socially distant. Good. That's good. (laughs) Thank you for letting us know about this, SB. I do appreciate that. And uh, now Chris has given me homework. So I appreciate it slightly less. You get to give him homework, but whenever I tell him to go do something, he's like, you know what, SB? (laughs) Yeah, but I told him to go play with his phone, so it doesn't really take much arm twisting to do that. (laughs) It's it's, it's like uh, when you're disciplining your kids, Steven, and you're like, go to your room, and they're like, fine, I got a switch in there, I got a I got yeah. a phone, I got a tablet, I got a computer, I got a streaming Roku. Sure, I'll go to my room. <laughs> All right, well, let's go on to our extra, extra section here, and I'll go ahead and kick us off here. First off with the extra, extra, uh, I'll talk a little bit more game stuff. Yes, if you own a copy of Spider-Man on the PS4 and you were planning on buying a PlayStation 5, you will know that there has been a little 
Reversal, of course. If you had heard before, Insomniac Games had said that there was not going to be compatibility with the PlayStation 5. However, they are now saying that there will be an update that will arrive for the PS4 version that will allow you to export your saves to go into the next-gen master, or remaster, I should say. So if you've been thinking that, oh, this Spider-Man game isn't going to work on PlayStation 5, that's why I'm going to join Chris Farrell and only buy this a few days after launch, well, you can know that you can get your pre-order in right now because it has been announced that they are going to make that compatible. And the reason I wanted to bring this up here was because I thought it was an interesting follow-up to the thing we talked about last week with, I forget who it was, whoever had the big list of um, non-compatible games on the PlayStation. Who was that that oh, came we out? We did that? talk about Ubisoft and some Ubisoft. things that they say were not forward compatible, for lack for, of a yeah, better term. Yeah, forward compatible. And I, this is interesting because it's another example on something that was not announced or was announced as incompatible going forward. And now they've done something and now they've made it compatible to export and whatnot. And I wonder if you were entirely right, Chris, that Sony did go to Ubisoft and go, hey, hold off. Maybe we can fix this because I don't know. This just seems like a concrete example of something that looked to be not compatible. And now it turns out it is. So the instance we have here is that Sony has left for or migration of saves up to the developers to figure out if they want to do it or not. Which Microsoft has done differently through their smart delivery, meaning if you can play it on the Xbox One and play it on the Xbox Series One, their save games carry over. So it's just a different way that developers are approaching things. Well, I was trying to give a compliment here to Sony. I know how much of a Sony fanboy you are, Chris <laughs> Farrell, but here you went and just talked me off of that. I've been told that before. <laughs> And lastly, in our extra extra, you had another piece of space news, didn't you, SP? I did. I actually want to talk about this last week, but we ran out of time. And it was a big discovery that was made that's going to enable a lot of things in the future for uh, exploring the solar system, traveling the solar system. It's that NASA's girlfriend, Sophia, discovered water on the surface of the moon. You didn't know that NASA had a girlfriend called Sophia, did you, Chris? I did not. Mm -hmm. Did you happen to know why Sophia has her name? Because they like modern family and Sophia Vergara is on it. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> we'll get into the name in a second, but I sourced a lot of information from this from space.com from NASA.gov. They actually had a press release on this as well as I read the actual scientific paper on nature.com and what happened was NASA's Stratospheric Observatory for Infrared Astronomy, also known as SOFIA, has confirmed for the first time water on the sunlit surface of the moon. This discovery indicates that water may be distributed across the lunar surface and not limited to cold, shadowed places. SOFIA has detected the water molecules which are H2O, by the way, if you know chemistry, in Clavius Crater, which is one of the largest craters visible from Earth, located in the moon's southern hemisphere. Data from this location reveal water in concentrations of 100 to 412 parts per million, which is roughly equivalent to a 12-ounce bottle of water trapped 
in a cubic meter of soil spread across the lunar surface. Now, as a comparison, the Sahara Desert, one of the driest places on Earth, has 100 times the amount of water than what Sophia detected in the lunar soil. The results are published in the latest issue of Nature Astronomy, which I was talking about before at nature.com. Hopefully, Stephen will put that link in the show notes. This is important for a lot of reasons. This is important because if you go to the moon, there's a lot more water available for uh, to sustain human life or even to sustain some agriculture. If you want to go up there and sustain a, a human society, it'd be great to have even hydroponics to uh, have a little bit more subsidence on the moon. Also, hydrogen and oxygen, they make up a lot of great rocket fuel. So it's great to have that to mine and then be able to fuel your rocket vehicles to then go explore the rest of the solar system, whether you're trying to do asteroid mining, whether you're trying to send a colonizing ship to Mars to Triton or Titan, some of the moons out there, Europa, it would be a great resource to use. Now it's limited, but it would be a great resource to use on the moon to enable the exploration of the rest of the solar system. And to footstop this a little bit more, to be able to launch a mission from the lunar surface or the gravity orbit of the lunar uh, body is going to allow for a lot more mass to be propelled with a lot less uh, delta V or force or rocket. So you can end up sending more payload to wherever you're trying to go to. Uh, so it, it is perfectly, the moon is perfectly designed as a immediate stop off to uh, top off your tanks and, and go for the rest of the solar system. So having more water than, than we thought is a great discovery. So NASA's girlfriend, Sophia, came through in a pinch. So let me ask you this, SP. Um, how much does it cost? Is there a premium to the bottled water that they're selling up there? Because I'm assuming that's all this is, is bottled water. Right. It, it, it's not filtered at all. You know, they just take it from the tap there on the lunar surface. <laughs> well, I just assume that I like want when, some moon water. when Suncast had made his stop over to there on the way to Mars, that he just like left the water behind. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you, you get some spillage as, as you're moving. It, you know, it's like the, the cruise, big cruise ships when they have so much sewage, you know, build up in their tanks, they just have to dump it. Yeah, you know, something like that with the moon. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Cruise ships, not me going down the highway. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so if you're not familiar with Sophia, by the way, it is one of NASA's 747 aircrafts. What they did is they took a 747, they cut a hole, a huge hole in the side, and they put a big telescope, actually multiple, but a big telescope in there. And that's what they're using to sense the rest of the solar system, the rest of the sky out there which is important because it gets you above the clouds, first of all, and it also gets you higher up in the atmosphere so you have less atmospheric uh, filters that you have to go through when you're trying to sense something out there. It makes the observations a little bit better, which is why we have it. And also, since it's a plane, it can go anywhere in the world, so you can position it to be at the right place at the right time, which has actually aided in a lot of different discoveries out there. So someday I might do a, now that I'm thinking about it, might do a SP space symposium specifically on Sophia. 
NASA, as you might know, has a history of 747s, including the 747s that were used to taxi the shuttles around when they were on Earth. So they are experienced in operating 747s. Well, we look forward to your review of this moon water once you try it. All right, Geek Wars is a little thing we do here from time to time where I ask these two, or if we have a guest, the guest is often included, a series of questions to find out who is the bigger geek. And the last version of Geek Wars that I did was a complete disaster, and I want that on record saying it was a complete disaster. I think between the two of them, they got half a question right. I was listening back to that and and just knocking myself on the side of the head because I knew about half the answers in retrospect. But no, in, in the moment, I got none of them. Well, in any case, uh, we are doing a, a Geek Wars today. And as I teased at the top of the show, we're going to go ahead and do a little tribute to the wonderful Alex Trebek. And it's going to be a similar idea as usual, where I'm going to have 10 questions that I'm going to ask these folks. And Uh we're going to continue on the console talk. I figured with all this console stuff lately, it's all going to be console-themed trivia. But here's the deal, is this time, you will give me the question. Yes, I will expect you to give me the question to the answer in the usual Jeopardy form. So I'll have a quote answer and you will give me the question. It's essentially the same thing, but it's just using the Jeopardy gimmick. But you still got a ring in saying your name and it's, anyways, it all falls apart from there because it's the same formula. You ring in, you say your name. And then if you don't get it right, the other person has a chance to guess. There's no dollars. There's no daily doubles. There's none of that stuff. But I will give the answer and you will give me the question in the Jeopardy form. Do you understand that weird sort of change, which isn't really a change, but we'll go ahead and call it a change? Yes. What is yes? (laughs) And also, uh, if you want to play along at home, you can't. I'm sorry. There's just play a little pause before we answer. That's as simple as it is. I, I should set something up at some point, maybe a contest or something, but then everybody would just play to the end and then cheat. All right, well, let's go ahead. It would be the spirit of any geek wars <laughs> on Get a Geek Show. And of course, you will each get one point for each question until the final Wait a minute. question. We both get a point? No, if you question? get it right. Nice. Or if we both get it right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to question number one. An accessory that Sega released for its popular Sega Genesis platform beginning in 1991. Chris. Chris Farrell. What is the Sega CD? That is absolutely correct. This is probably a bad time to be mentioning I've been watching a lot of vintage Game Hunter videos on YouTube. Of course you have been. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Question two. The name that Sega CD was known as outside of Brazil and North America. Trebek. Well, all right, Trebek. What is the Atari 2600? That is incorrect. (laughs) Dang. We can't lose points, right? No. Chris. All right, Chris. What's the Mega Drive? 
I'll give it to you. It was the Mega CD, but yes. Oh, uh, okay. Way to go. No, no, Mega Drive's a different thing. You shouldn't give it to me. It's. I was looking for Mega. That's what I was looking okay. for. That's what I had on my answer key. All right. Question number three. And by the way, for the audio listener, I've got the full Jeopardy experience going on with, with the, the full overlay and everything. Released in November 2001, this was its manufacturer's first attempt at console gaming. Chris. Chris? Who is Microsoft? The question again. Released in Trebek. November 2001, this was its manufacturer's uh, first attempt at console gaming. Trebek. All, all right, Trebek. What is the Xbox? That is absolutely yeah. correct. Woo-hoo! I yeah. got one! My bad. Getting a point on it. Technicality. Yes! Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it where I can get it. Uh, question number four. Well, answer number four. A company that sought bankruptcy protection under French law in 2013. Chris? Chris. Who is Ubisoft? Incorrect. A company that sought bankruptcy protection under French law in 2013. Care to take a stab at it? Trebek. All right, Trebek. What is Blizzard Entertainment? Incorrect. Ah. It was... You, you threw it out here as a joke. It was Atari. Jeez! <laughs> 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 I was trying to make a joke here, by the way. I was going after the people that made Hearthstone. (laughs) All right. Number five, an accessory available to purchase for the Xbox 360, which was discontinued in February 2008. Chris? All right, Chris. What is a console faceplate? That is incorrect. Trebek? All right, Trebek. I don't think this is right. What is the kinetic... No, it was not. It was the HD DVD player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that one was a stretch. That was fairly vague, but I, I, I couldn't give it any more specific without giving away. Be like, what was the only accessory discontinued for the Xbox 360? Yeah, I, I, well, I knew it, I said it incorrectly, but I, I was going for the connect. And the reason I knew it was not true is I think that was in the early 2000s. So I, I, I knew it was not right. But I said it anyway. Just to get something out there <laughs> so you guys could laugh at me some more because that's all you do in this. No, we don't. We, half the time you get it right. Not half the time. Answer number six. A video game released in 1992 for the Super Nintendo that was packaged with a mouse peripheral, amongst other things, one could paint with it. Chris. Chris. What is Mario Paint? That is absolutely correct. You could uh, also compose music on it, which is one of the coolest things. You could, it. but I didn't know if either of you would know that because that's why I threw the painting in there because it was a hint. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved it. I had it. And yeah, I, me too. One of the best things that my story with it was I got it for like Christmas or something or you, you, I don't forget what it was. I, I, anyways, I think it was Christmas. I got it. Whenever I got it, maybe it was my birthday. I got it. I went and I set it all up in the living room. Got this Super Nintendo set up, hooked it up, put the mouse down, put the mouse pad down, which Chris, do you remember how, what the mouse pad was? It was a piece of plastic. It was a piece of plastic. And then I walked away for a second and my sister stepped on it, cracking it before I even played with it. So the, it still worked, but for the entire time I ever used that mouse pad, <laughs> it had a crack that 
basically you'd get your hands caught caught in half the time. But yes, it was uh, it was fun. I made all sorts of little things with it. It was it was a fun game. I enjoyed that game. I knew I liked that woman. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Answer number seven. The beginning of a series that still exists today debuted on December 3rd, 1994. Trebek. All right, Trebek. No idea if this is right, but I'm just going to go for it. What is Final Fantasy? No, that's incorrect. Dang. Chris. All right, Chris. What is Pokemon? No, it was PlayStation. Oh. Oh, we're at consoles, <laughs> not games. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I actually gave you a point, but I retracted it. All <laughs> right. Number eight. Jeez. A handheld, I, I demand a recount. A handheld console series. <laughs> so I see what you did there. Series in production between 1989 and 2003. Trebek. Trebek. What is the Game Boy? That is absolutely correct. I will give you that point back. Chris, were you just giving me that point? That, that, no, that you was... just beat me to it. Okay. <sighs> Number nine. The final console created by a maker that now focuses on game development. It was discontinued in March 2001. Chris. Chris? What is the Dreamcast? That is absolutely correct. And Very the underrated last, console. And the last one here, there is a possibility of multiple points, should you read my mind correctly, because I'm sure there's lots of different options for this one. Number 10, an example of Microsoft's stupid naming structure. Chris. All right, Chris. Xbox One X, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S. Let's see, uh, Xbox 360, uh, Xbox One after Xbox 360, pretty much everything after the OG Xbox. (laughs) Yep, I'll I'll go ahead and give you six for that. Go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead and take six and and win the game there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I wanted to end with a shot against Microsoft because I think their names are dumb. (laughs) And yet all three of us have Xboxes. So there you go. That's another He's edition. He's not even going to admit to it. He's got an Xbox. So there you go. I do. I do. No, I hate the Xbox names structure. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Even 360 is a dumb name. Microsoft 365, they use terrible names. They're like Microsoft. Someone needs to like slap whoever names things at Microsoft. What color is your Xbox console? White. It's white. Is it visible? Yes. What is your favorite game that you play on the Xbox? The loading screen? I don't know. I don't I don't play games. <laughs> what is your favorite game that you play with your sons on the Xbox? Uh, I we play a lot of Lego games actually, like Lego World and Lego City. Play those. Okay. Um what is the color of your PlayStation? Disconnected. <laughs> it's yeah. So you have a PlayStation? PlayStation 3. That's all I have. PlayStation 3? Yeah. So so is it one of the slim ones with the curve? No, on top? it's the original. It's the big it's fat, the fat one. one. The yeah. original the PlayStation one, 3. The one that you turn on and it heats up your room. It's terrible. But you can still play Blu-rays on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't because I have an Xbox One. So <laughs> mm, I see. So you've thrown away the PlayStation for an Xbox One, and yet you're throwing all these shots on Xbox. I can say that their name's stupid and still enjoy it. Like, it's like... Sure. I think that Windows 10 is a... I think that it's a, not a very good product, but I still use it, so... <laughs> Self-censored, I enjoy it. Uh, I've got the tracking number for my iPhone, by the way. Oh, sweet. Yeah. 
Anyways, that does wrap up Geek Wars. And uh, Chris is the winner with 10. Uh, we'll go ahead and give him 10 there. And I demand a recount. <laughs> it's unfair. How many electoral votes does that Oop. come down to? <laughs> yeah, my two is actually 40 electoral votes. Yeah. <laughs> he got California's votes. two votes, right? <laughs> yeah. So thanks for playing along. And thanks, guys, for rolling with my Jeopardy spin. I uh, came up with that the, right after work today. I thought, oh, that'd be fun. And I got that all together there. Huh? Appreciate Alex you going Trebek, along with that. Alex Trebek, he had this uncanny ability to uplift everybody around him and, and to never really hold a, a, a grudge, at least publicly or whatever. Always thought the best of people. Uh, you might not really appreciate how he handled some of the questions back and forth on Jeopardy, but I mean, it's it's a trivia show, so you're dealing with a lot of trivia nuts out there, so... I think he lived a fantastic life, and I'm glad we were able to honor him in this particular episode of Gonna Geek. Before we go, is there anything that you would like to plug or promote, guys? I'll go ahead and start off with you, Chris Farrell. Yes, I'm actually going to shamelessly self-promote this time, but we had another awesome guest on ATGN this week. Episode 425, we had Sean Pryor back for his second visit to talk about the uh, book he's got on Kickstarter issue two of a series he's done called the ignition it sounds like it's really interesting if you've liked any of sean's prior work or any of his prior visits on the show go check out the most recent episode of the podcast and i think you'll enjoy what he has to say about this book and as a side note we talked about the first time he was on the show sean used to work at toys r us in the late 80s early 90s so he regaled us with some more tales from toys r us and they're quite hilarious some of the tales from working at the toys r us so go check out episode 425 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast at gunnageek.com or atgnpodcast.com. Aspie? For those that have been anticipating the December launch of The Expanse, be prepared to check out the podcast on the Guinea Geek Network called Crash Couch, all about The Expanse. So you can go back, listen to old episodes while you're doing your rewatch of The Expanse in preparation for the next season to come out in December, which I am really looking forward to. Personally, I'm on a different rewatch right now, but right after that's done, I'm going to get into The Expanse. I'm going to listen to all these episodes. Once again, that's The Crash Couch, which is found at guineageek.com. Speaking of rewatches, um, I've been continuing my Trek rewatch and I'm in the final tail end of the series, uh, the season four, which is the final season of Enterprise, which is a problem for me because finally new television's back on. And one of the shows that I watch is NCIS New Orleans, which has Scott back Bakula on it. And so it's like I got all of this this confusion in my head right now he's in there and he he's an ncis agent but wait he's also the captain i'm so confused so it's just all one universe to me now yeah porthos is also on discovery so there you go (laughs) he could just be uh captain archer's descent or ancestor rather that's true that is there you go tie it together that way so on that note for episode number 353 of the officialgunnageek.com show. I'm Stephen Chandru saying what is departed too soon. I'm Chris Farrell and I just wrote Star Trek fanfic live in the air. And I'm SP saying I think Chris just made Quantum Leap a official Star Trek canon. Yeah, why not? Okay. Which is all part of the NCIS universe. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Thanks for checking out another episode of the official GunnaGeek.com show. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on YouTube. You can always join us for our live recording sessions, which stream Mondays at 8.45 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And remember, you can find our full back catalog at gunageek.com forward slash show. If you're itching for more geeky content, check out other shows on gunageeknetwork.com. Voice work was by Emily Prokop of the Story Behind podcast. That's it for this episode. We hope to see you back again next week.